Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Here we are again. It's another Saturday, and Yay! it's Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, movie Saturday, as a matter of fact. Yes, I'm Harry Alexander, Bunker to France here, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Howdy, sir. Howdy, Hello, sir. Hello, gentlemen. How are we today? We, I'm well. How are you? <laughs> well, it's, we're here. It, it's that echo that takes a bit to get yeah. over from Arizona to California. Oh, I know. We're here. <laughs> All right. So Yeah, well, listen, we can't blame everything on the California-Arizona border. Yeah, well, we could. Just most things. Yeah, just most things. Yeah. All right. It is Movie Saturday, and we are going to be doing... Come and get it, or I'll throw it all out! We're going to do uh, Chuck Wagons. Chuck Wagon Westerns. Chuck Wagon Westerns. Head them wa- Chuck Wagon Westerns. Westerns with Chuck Wagons. But before we do that. We have some housekeeping goodies to take care of. Well, uh, the new list came out for the 2023 Western Writers of America Spur Award and winners and finalists. It's way too long to read, but... We were, like some- tw- we were like 25th on the list, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we weren't even on the 25th list. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just going to mention some of the ones that we've touched bases with in the past. Uh, for biography, the winner was Before Billy the Kid, The Boy Behind the Legendary Outlaw by Melody Groves. Mm. Uh, contemporary nonfiction book, the winner was A Place of Thin Veil, Life and Death in Gallup, New Mexico by Bob Roseborn. That was a good interview mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. with him. Uh, this was a uh, finalist in historical nonfiction, uh, The Widowed Ones, Beyond the Battle of the Little Bighorn, by Chris Inns, Howard Kazanjian, and Chris Cortlander. Boy, Chris is, Chris is you know, she, she put, is busy. She is like hot on Boggs's trail. <laughs> and then what else we got here? Something on the backside. You know, oh, here we, we go. We ought to have the two of them on and see which one can go. Compete, uh, complete the novel before the end of the show. <laughs> the show's over. Okay, this is short fiction. It's the finalist. And it, the story is The Cobbler of Spanish Fort by Johnny D. Boggs, and it was published in The Cobbler of Spanish D. Fort and other stories. And we have down here, I wanted to cut, cover these two because this is a drama script, best script. Dead for a Dollar by Walter Hill, and I hear that's a pretty good film. Uh, And then in the documentary script, the winner, The Battle of Red Buttes by Candy Moulton and Bob Knoll, and a finalist, The Lucky 13 by Rob Word, uh, a word on Western's YouTube. All right. And that's, that's it. I got way more, but that's it. All right. All right, so on to the meat of the matter. Oh. I like how that the beef out. the beef of the bone the beeves onto the beeves chuck wagon it's America's first uh, food truck yes indeedy but you may have known them or should have known them prior to uh, being called chuck wagons a it, basically it's a field kitchen uh, that the military would use the military's had them for eons the best Romans, that we, the Greeks best that we can figure probably out the Mesopotamians when did they come hey. Mesopotamians, you think the word mess came from them? 
I don't. You don't know want to go to eat. You want you go to in the navy. It's called mess. Well, in the army, it's called mess. There you go. I don't know. Maybe. It's because it's a mess after you finish well, eating it. Well, yeah. In the navy, it's well, no, the navy actually fed pretty good. But yeah, they did. I understand the other branches. It looked like a mess. Well, it was a mess coming out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, whoops, 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 whoops. You know, one of the interesting things because you know the chuck wagon, as Jerry mentioned. Uh, or the the feeding wagon or food wagon has been around for a long time, but the chuck wagon itself was a, a unique design. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Goodnight is credited with that in the mid 1860s. What he did was he put a put a box on the end of the wagon, which had little drawers and cubby holes and stuff. He put a put a sling under the a possum belly under the wagon to haul uh, wood and chips and to keep the fire going. But it was pretty much a self-contained uh, uh, kitchen on wheels. He it took, was a kitchen on wheels. It was. He took a uh, Studebaker manufactured covered wagon and did all of those conversions with it. And then Studebaker went on to manufacture, based on uh, what Goodnight did, Studebaker went on to manufacture uh, chuck wagons. And for those of you who have been longtime listeners... If you remember, we had uh, Cowboy Kent Rollins on the show. Yes. Uh, Chuck Wagon Cook Extraordinaire. Uh, He has a uh, 1880 Studebaker Chuck Wagon. I mean, it, it... it, it's a beauty, and uh, it still it still serves them well. Well, first of all, I want I want to clear the air. Oh, this is this works right into the, what I'm going to say. <laughs> but uh, to all you fans of Blazing Saddles, I want you to know that beans were not all that common on trail drives. Uh, that's because they took just too long to cook. But this is an interesting fact. At the end of a drive, after eating beef for months. The cowboys wanted something different, and for Southerners, it was generally fried chicken, which makes sense. Oh, yeah. It's hard on the chicken herd. But well, was, you know. Yeah, but okay. As long as you're not driving chickens. Now, here's another thing. Beef was the most available protein. Oh, imagine would, that. Imagine that. But this, 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 do you know how they kept it cool? Uh, they Well, they didn't have any ice, I don't think. No, they didn't have a cooler. What they would do is they would take the cuts of meats, lay them out on the on the floor of the hoodlum wagon, and then they would pile up the bedrolls on top, and they would keep the temperature from getting to them. Oh, of course, you, everybody's bedroll smelled like a steak, and uh-huh. I guess so did the cowboys. I hope there was no vampires out there. So, so what did what did Cookie what did Cookie feed uh, the mass of cowboys? Uh, primarily, it was uh, pork, you know, like sow belly, bacon, lard. Uh, Potatoes, canned goods, uh, any any type of dry type good that was easily uh, assembled into a uh, food source. So weren't beans canned at that time? They weren't. I don't. I don't think. No, beans they were in a sack. They were in a sack. Yeah, yeah. but uh, weren't weren't beans? They may have been, but could, couldn't you buy them canned as well? I, I, I would imagine you could, well, but do you imagine how many cans of bean you would have to have for a trail drive? Too heavy. Too heavy and too expensive. Yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. cheaper to carry it in a bag. For sure, I understand that. Okay, now here's here's an under, interesting thing though, because this is a vegetables. And this, this kind of contradicts what we were just saying. Vegetables came in cans that they were called airtights. And canned tomatoes were a favorite of the cowboys because they had sugar. Mm-hmm. And this is the funny thing. Most of the drovers, they were kids from around 15 to 25. 
They love canned peaches, and often at the end of the drive, instead of heading straight to the saloon like they do in the movies, they'd head to the general store and buy cans of peaches and eat them till they got sick, which is kind of the opening sequence of Monty Walsh, the, uh, the Tom Selleck Monty Walsh, yes. him sitting on the porch eating peaches, peaches. and pouring bourbon in there. Yep. You know, hey, that's cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, I would say that the chuck wagon and the chuck wagon cook or camp cookie or cookie was the most vital person on the trail drive. Okay. After the boss, because yeah. He was not only and not he was not only the cook, he was also the doctor. Yes. The barber was, uh, and and the barber, the doctor and the dentist. And sometimes uh, anything that needed to be done. And sometimes the mama to some of them younger cowboys. <laughs> Kind of like in sure, the movie, Kelvin. Sure. He's a jack, jack of all trades. Yeah. yeah. Now here's, here's. And as Napoleon said, you know, and it's true, an army travels on its stomach. Yep. And uh, a cow drive is an army. Yes, it is. Yeah. A cattle drive with cowboys is an army. So the uh, same thing applies here. Well, here's kind of what the day might have been like. He's working from Kent C to from Kent C to Kent. Drovers ate breakfast at around 4 or 5 a.m., often lard or bacon leftovers between a biscuit. And if people don't realize, lard is like butter in a way back then. So, you know, it's not it's not that strange. And, of course, coffee, lots and lots of coffee, Arbuckles. Mm-hmm. After fixing breakfast and cleaning up, the cook and his hoodle, and they would drive the wagons around and ahead of the herd, set up and cook dinner, what you dudes would call supper. And then they would uh, again clean up, move on, a, move on ahead, set up camp for the night, which would be the evening. Actually, would be the, they called the dudes called it lunch, and the evening meal was supper. Excuse me, mm-hmm. I got my I got my meal switched there, <laughs> and that was uh, the lunch meal was the, usually the heaviest meal of the day, and a lot of times they'd even allow time for a brief siesta, which was generally the guys that had done night hawk the night before. Mm-hmm. And then the meal, when the meal was done, it was the process repeated. Campsite was set up for that night, and that night supper. And also, finishing up all this delightful information. Yes. The uh, it was de- the chuck wagon was designated the official state vehicle of Texas in 2005. Excellent. So I guess you don't have to have a license in Texas. You know, whatever. <laughs> okay, so that's basically what the chuck wagon was all about. It's a field kitchen. Keep that in mind. And let's talk about the movies in which the chuck wagon is featured heavily. And uh, I, the only one I can honestly think of is Red River. Uh, and I know before we went to air, uh, Bunker was rattling off a number of them, and he said, well, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> but Red River is the one that sticks in my mind. Oh, that was, that was the very first one that I thought of, which made me think of yeah. doing Chuck Wagon yeah. movies. Yeah. I mean, you got Walter Brennan in there. Yeah. I mean. Oh, uh, yeah. He, what, 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 Todd, Todd, you want to do the scene? Set the scene. Uh, which, which one? About the sugar? Yeah. Well, that was that tall guy. I always forget his name, and you know, he kept, he kept, he liked, like a lot of cowboys, like a lot of children did. Uh, in my, in my case, in my kitchen, it was when my mom made a cake or usually she was making fudge and I tried to go stick my finger in the bowl oh, and Lord. get some of them. Well, he licked his fingers, got them wet and put it in the bag of sugar. And, uh, 
it, uh, uh, Walter Brennan turned around and said, you know, get out of my bag of sugar and, uh, you know, smacked him. And unfortunately, what it created was a stampede. And for that, uh, John Wayne wanted to whip him, if you can imagine. But he had uh, he had uh, uh, dispersed the herd and caused a lot of trouble and, and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, that's one of the great things about the film Red River is mm-hmm. it's so authentic in its approach to cowboying and cow drive, cattle drives. You know, now there's a, you, you just brought up an interesting thing about authenticity. The sugar in the movie was white sugar mm-hmm. because the, the brown sugar didn't show up on camera. But on an actual trail drive the back then, sugar. it would have been brown sugar. Mm-hmm. In fact, that would have been the most common sugar throughout the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't. We don't see brown sugar all that much. No, you still eat for uh, confectionery. Yeah. Confe- yeah, but for that purpose. But I mean, as far as uh, you, you oh, sugar yeah. in your coffee, no. You well, we no. Growing up, you know, we always had brown sugar in the in the cabinet. Uh, my mom used it for bacon and stuff, and I would sneak the wet finger thing there myself. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and sometimes you'd see some of the old timers. In fact, you know, it's funny because some in some uh, coffee shops, they have brown sugar packets. Do they? Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's called sugar in the raw. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. But it's never, it doesn't stand up to the coffee. And, so, it, it, and, and it's not the real stuff. It's, it's like granulated brown sugar. Mm. Yeah, and it's granulated and it really doesn't dissolve. No. But no. nothing's better for a good rub, for a barbecue rub. Uh, you got to have brown sugar in there. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Because it caramelizes when the when the rub burns on it, and so on. I would also say the other uh, other than Red River is uh, there was a great uh, documentary in '64 called Chuck Wagon. It's a short thing, but it's a it's a sweet little film about chuck wagons or ch- a chuck wagon explaining the history of them. And then, of course, uh, I think Lonesome Dove with the Cook Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, that chuck wagon is a great chuck wagon, and of course, Bull. I always love that character when uh, Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones discover him, and they're like, uh, you know, uh, I hear you're looking for a cook, and he said, we are looking for a cook. Can you cook? And and uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones's call says, can you cook? Can we take some? And Robert Duvall says. Why would the man say he's a cook if he isn't a cook? How often do you see that? He says, well, I want to know that he's a cook. I don't want to find out he's a bad cook on the trail. He says, uh, well, right now we have no cook. So uh, a bad cook is better than no cook. And they said, well, go get yourself a horse. And Ball says to him, uh, no, I, I, don't, uh, I don't ride a horse. I, I walk. He says, you're going to fall behind, and we don't have time for anybody falling behind. He says, go get yourself a horse. He says, I refuse to ride an animal. Uh, I shall walk on my own two feet. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, it's just one of the, the the complex characters that have so many layers of the onion in Lonesome Dove. And uh, another great thing of, 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 shall I say, Chuck Wagon lore. Interesting. Well, right. you know, I'm glad you mentioned the Chuck Wagon documentary. I think there was a couple because there was one done in '64 in Canada. It was only 10 minutes long. Sure. Uh, but it was the Chuck Wagon race at Calgary, and uh, John Draney narrated it. And it was it was really it was fun to watch. I mean, 
you talk about you know hanging it all out and going. And there's one heck, one heck of a wreck in there. The, one of the outriders went down in the lead, and you, you can see him rolling off of the track onto the infield to get mm -hmm. away from it. Mm -hmm. And you could tell this guy was hurt bad, but he was cowboy enough to, you know, to get out of there anyway. Good. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to take our first commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's uh, Movie Saturday. We are talking Chuck Wagons in the movies. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts, we'll be back with you at White Stallion Ranch after these messages. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank of Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net Today, more than ever before, women are on the front lines of America's defense. These brave women struggle and sacrifice to help keep our country secure. They deserve to be recognized for their service as guardians of freedom. Please support the American Legion's efforts to serve the growing number of women veterans. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're darn to... I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Beans in the pot, bacon in the pan. Eat them while they're hot. Get them while you can. This is the Voices of the West. 
tell you what, I'm just going to kick back, listen to the rest of this music, and you guys take over. <laughs> Welcome back to Amo Francis. Oh, everything's going to go. Everything's going to go straight to hell. I know. Downhill. In a, in a, we're, we're back on Abel Franzi's Voices of the wagon. West. Harry Alexander, Bunker DeFrance, and Todd Roberts. Movie Saturday, and we're talking chuck wagons into westerns. Todd, I know that there's something that Bunker and I have to ask you because we do. Th- this is this is something that is from our childhood, and uh, you were in on the kind of the tail end there of it. But there's something on eBay that we want really bad. Yes, it's a nineteen. There's something on eBay you both want really bad. That is okay. correct. Okay, it's, it's a nineteen fifty eight chuck wagon lunchbox with thermos. Yeah, and it's got a chuck wagon on the thermos with a big red top. And fighting scenes. Nineteen fifty eight fighting scenes. Chuck wagon. Uh, uh, chuck wagon lunchbox. Yep. Yes. And is there a manufacturer? Uh, does not say who the manufacturer is. No. We'd settle for a Hopalong Cassidy. Well, uh, yeah, lunchbox. You know. We couldn't get that one. I had a Lone Ranger one. Okay. okay. <laughs> but anyway. Or a Geronimo one. Or a Geronimo one, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, wh- okay. uh, you, you, you take a look at that and. Um, okay. We'll, we'll we'll figure out how. How you can buy it for us? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. And fill and fill it up with food. Well, you're one slick cocker, Harry. Thank you. Yeah. He does that to me all the time. Yeah. As our great, uh, as our great uh, leader, our dearly departed leader, Emil Franzi once said to me, "I said, uh, 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 Chief, I got a, I got a question. Tiger, what are you doing? <laughs> Jesus Christ! What are you? What are you?" What are you doing now? I said, well, I'm just calling you because I wanted to, uh, I want to get a, like a compilation of some of the shows I've been on. This is before I was regular. Yeah. And I was, you know, on the show occasionally. And he says, oh, I don't do that shit. But that's okay. No, that's him. You call Harry. Yeah. I'll, I'll forget it. I'll call Harry. I said, well, um, what, what can I do? What? How do I say thank you to Harry? Oh, what are you kidding? You get him a bottle of Irish whiskey, <laughs> and you don't even have to say anything. There you he just is. See you hand it to him, and then you just—that's enough. Yep. I said okay. <laughs> so he said to he see as as slick as you are a talker, uh, shall I say he was that. Comedic of a talker. Yes, yes, he was. Well, you know, speaking, you know, speaking uh, of liquor, that was one thing that was forbidden on the trail drives. Was liquor? Yeah, for very good reason. Very good. Reason. <laughs> you know, Cookie for, did have some stashed yeah. away. Oh, he had medicinals among his yes. drawers, and and uh, the, the musher would never know or should never know where it was. Yeah, they and did. They were in trouble. yeah, exactly, and and. Heaven forbid a cowboy went rustling through Cookie's drawers. Well, well, you know, for one, for one thing, you generally like 25 to 30 feet around the wagon. That was kind of like a sacred zone. Yeah. The cowboys would come in, they would dismount outside that area and walk in so they didn't kick up any exactly. dust. Exactly. Yeah. You know. It was, and it's still well, that and of course, Charlie Russell's painting of. Uh, oh, the Bucking uh, Horse? The bucking horse around the chuck wagon, and, oh. and yeah, I can only imagine 
the hell that that poor Wrangler had to pay from the check wagon cook after everything settled down. He probably had to clean all the well, dishes. You know, <laughs> pro- probably when he said, all right, who's, whose horse was that? All the cowboys went, not mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it was from the Ramuda. Yeah, he, he the next outfit. Okay. All right, what's our next movie on Well, the I've list? got one here kind of interesting. It's kind of a double movie in a way. And it's a George Montgomery movie. And it was one, I think, one of his better movies. It was called Canyon River. And where's my information here? Oh, it's over here. What the heck? Yeah, you learn some stuff. Oh, here we go. It's on the back here. Mm -hmm. It's uh, basically, it was uh, George Montgomery uh, playing Steve Patrick with, uh, oh, oh, Peter Graves. And what it was was a trail drive thing. Montgomery's a rancher, and he needs he needs to buy some cattle and he, from Wyoming he heads up to Oregon to buy a herd of cattle uh, and takes his foreman Peter Graves up there with him well Graves is in cohute with the, the town criminals back home and they they decided they're going to steal the herd from him when he gets close to finishing it mm-hmm. well the Graves becomes such a good hand and good friend of him that uh, Montgomery tells him, he says, you know, when we finish this herd, when we finish this cattle drive, I'm going to give you half of the profits, and I'm going to make you a full partner in the ranch. And, of course, Graves, you know, turns on the bad guys, gets killed, dies mm-hmm. in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the drovers, they're made of ex-convicts and rustlers themselves. Leads right into the movie The Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, there's well, one more one more footnote to that. In 1951, this was in uh, 1956. In 1951, Bill L. had done a picture called The Horn Longhorn. It was the same picture, mm-hmm. and I think maybe Elliot's picture was a little mite better, but uh, you know, that Bill hard Elliott. to say. But still, it leads us right into. Uh, the Cowboys yes. with John Wayne where it's a group of kids going on a, on a uh, drive cattle drive I don't remember in that one was uh, was one of the kids the Bobby cookie? Carradine was one of the no, kids. no, no, the cookie Roscoe, the cookie Lee, Brown. Was Roscoe Lee Brown okay he was uh, and Jedediah Nightlinger yeah, Jedediah Nightlinger and uh, he's fabulous in that role yeah. My God, he's good. And, you know, that's, that's the thing I like about that one, too, is that he's very learned, very worldly. And yes. people don't realize that the Cowboys, even the younger kids, uh, generally had some kind of education, if they if they were able to, a homeschooling or a school. And there's, you know, the schools back then, you know, it wasn't like today. You know, you had to get to college before you got to Latin. Right. Back then, a lot of the schools they were teaching Latin to third grade. Reading, reading, writing, and arithmetic—that's what they were teaching. And you know, it's just—it's a great movie, and it, it, it shows you how the whole cattle drive basically rotates around the center, which is the chuck wagon. Now, the chuck wagon, in in terms of how that cattle drive, because and we're talking cattle drives because it seems that's the really the big time that we see or the, one of the few times we see a, a chuck wagon on the trail <clears throat> the wagon trains many of those folks there might have been a, cow, uh, a a chuck wagon but i'm i'm guessing many of those folks some of them did what they would fix do their is, own it's like well, well, the, the series rock and train itself 
you got Charlie Wooster, which is he is cooking for the employees, the crew. The crew yeah, yeah, the crew. You know, and yes. so these guys were outriders. They were wranglers. They were all. You know, they had bigger. You know, you never really see that in the story. There's so much of the history and how things function that's left out of the storytelling. I'm guessing that you know, uh, while they, they try and make the cowboy illiterate. I'm guessing the, uh, the the cookie was not really illiterate. He had to know how to read. Oh, a lot, uh, of, a lot of them were the older cowboys. And here's the thing: if you get to if you live long enough to be an older cowboy, you get taught a lot of things. Well, you work you work a lot of outfits where you you're not just hired on for a trail drive or a roundup. You're a permanent hand. Well, yeah, but you yeah. go around to the bunkhouses. All the all most of the ranchers was a big ranch. He had a library. And they would loan them out to the cowboys, and you go back and you, you just, it's just like if you start reading some of the the histories, it's like the line camps and the stuff like this, where a guy's up in a winter line camp where he takes three months worth of supplies up mm-hmm. there because he's not going to see a human being for mm-hmm. three months. Uh, he takes a supply of books. Otherwise, you know, what's going to keep you from going crazy? Pretty much, yeah. Talking to yourself, and these, well, guys, and these guys, they do, they, they, you know, these guys created cowboy poetry. They, they were storytellers, and you look, you go back and look at some of the, the great writers, even before Owen Weiser. These were guys who were cowboys, or guys that had been out there. Like Weiser, he wasn't a cowboy, but he went to the dude ranches for his health, and he was, he immersed himself in that culture. Right. Well, you know, how accurate, I mean, the one that everybody is most familiar with um, is Rawhide, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, as far as chuck wagons go, and you got Paul Brinegar as uh, Wishbone there. How accurate is is that? Uh, I mean, are we, and no no scale or anything like that, I mean, just, is it or isn't it? uh, Overall, it's pretty much so, because... You know they they were locked into a format, and they couldn't really deviate that much from it. Mm-hmm. You know they had they had character things that happened in there that might not have been that accurate, uh, but pretty much you know you you saw because he was also the comedy relief to a, to some extent uh, that kind of I guess you'd say defused the. Uh, the power, really, that the cook had, because again, you know, it was like you didn't want to get on his bad side. Um, you know, everything, and and at the same time, here's the other thing too: is you know, there was great competition with the ranchers when hiring cooks, because the cowboys, if they they might be working for an outfit and they heard this outfit over, you know, 60 miles away had a better cook. They just gone. might quit and go over there, <laughs> and that was the same way with the trail. I've drives. seen that in hoppy movies. Yeah, uh, and you know, yeah. and that was that was common. You know, and I'm sure that would be the same case because one, you're hiring guys that are going to be on the trail from three to five months, right? And they know pretty much. Some of them are probably eating the best they've ever eaten in their life. You know, yeah. coming from a poor family, poor farm, a poor ranch, and you know, uh, three three squares a day. You know that's that's pretty good. Better than prison. <laughs> <laughs> so did the chuck wagon always ride the point? Well, you know, you think, you think you, that's one of the that things. That seemed to be logical. Well, that's one of the mistakes that a lot of uh, cattle drive movies make is they have the chuck wagon following along behind, 
which they would do from time to time on rawhide. But the thing was, they would, you know, they, the herd would be behind the wagon at night. Right. And the horse herd would be up around the wagon to okay. remove it. And they would feed breakfast. And as soon as they were finished, the cowboys were out starting to move the cattle. As soon as as soon as the wagon was cleared up, cleaned up, loaded up, they went around the herd because the herd was moving three to five miles an hour. You could walk around the herd because mm-hmm. they were grazing them as they went. They would get up ahead, set up for lunch. They would come in, and there would still be some cowboys out there moving cows. And they would come in, eat, and some boys would come back. Those guys would come in, and then when all that's done, by that time, probably the herd might have been getting close. But they're packing up and moving on ahead. For So they're always basically ahead. And they're always the first one to cross the rivers. We are in Bucker DeFrance's element here. <laughs> Oh, I love this. I love this Cowboys. Show. It is uh, Movie Saturday on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We're talking uh, chuck wagons and the movies. And uh, we got to do our next commercial break. Here on the program, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. We will be back right after these important messages. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job little lady up the road a piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights you out there come one step near and old bess here will spit right in your eye so you need to strike your own deal but you need the right henchman to do the job the stage is hauling a wells fargo box loaded with gold you've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold but like henchmen to pull off the job what to do you better start packing a handgun Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Renahance to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Renahance, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. 
Hi folks, Stan Ivar here. It was John Carter on Little House, Little House a New Beginning to be exact. And you're listening to Voices of the West. Back on Emil Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France. Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. We're doing Movie Saturday at the White Stallion Ranch. And uh, our topic is chuck wagons in westerns. I don't remember seeing a chuck wagon on the high chaparral. I was just thinking the same thing. And I was thinking, you know, because I know uh, Victoria did all the cooking at the ranch uh-huh. house. I don't know who cooked for the ham. Uh-huh. So I know it wasn't Vaccaro. No. Maybe they went into McDonald's or something. Went into Tucson. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the one fault I can find with the show. No they, idea. They, yeah, they, but they weren't on the trail. That no, they matter. weren't on the trail, but they were. They were doing lots and lots of roundups. Yeah, and roundups is you know that's that was probably especially nowadays. That's where you still see chuck wagons on a working ranch. Is some of them are on the back of a pickup or a van, but they're still chuck wagons. Well, I've got this list here, uh, courtesy of IMDb.com, mm-hmm. and it basically is a uh, most popular movies. And TV shows tagged with the keyword Chuck Wagon. I looked at that and couldn't find him much. Well, number one is Duel at Diablo. Now, you were in Duel at Diablo. Was there a Chuck Wagon involved in that? You were the Chuck Wagon. Oh, no. <laughs> there, 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 was, there, was the, there was the ammunition wagon. The cavalry didn't have a Chuck Wagon that I remember. And no, I don't remember a chuck wagon. They never fit. We went to the caterer at lunch. <laughs> See, I don't know about that <laughs> yeah. one. Hacksaw, 1971. Uh, Tab Hunter, Victor Millen, Ray Teal. I, you know, I don't, don't know anything about Now, I do have one that I know you guys will jump on in All a right. heartbeat. Okay. Cattle Drive with Joel McRae, uh, Dean Stockwell. Oh, great movie. Great movie. Great movie. It's a remake of Captain's Courageous with, yes, uh, in the West. with uh, uh, Spencer Tracy. And, yep. and, and it's so good. And, Golly, yep. is it good. It Pretty Bartholomew, but this has got Dean Stockwell. You yeah. know, guys, that could product. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we talk, Joe Wills, Henry Brandon. Hey, hey, we, yeah. we, t- we talk about how Brandon playing a nice guy, kind of a nasty nice guy. You know, we talk yeah. we talk frequently about how um, uh, uh, Searchers is is one of the best cowboy movies. But man, I gotta I gotta tell you, Joel McRae is right up there. Well, you know, well, he's there are different kinds okay. of cowboy movies. He's authentic. Oh yeah, he's the real. Well, you know, uh, the, the Searchers is a Texas movie. It's yeah. not really, you know, it's Texas ca- settlement of Texas. Sure, okay. This is this is cowboy cowboy. Yeah, oh, boy. It's not, it's not a B western. It's not a. No. It's not a. You know. It's a great Wild movie. Bunch or one of those. It's things. a great it's movie. It's just a great movie. You know, and they shot it in Death Valley, which really gave it a, a grittiness, and yeah. also in, in mm-hmm. Utah up at Paria. But you know, Bobby Steele was in that man. You know, mm-hmm. and it's you know, it's the story of a kid who's a spoiled rich kid yep. who jumps the, the train. Well, the train stops for a water stop, yeah, and he, and he wanders off and follows a lizard and gets lost. Thinks the train will still be there. Here's the train whistle going, and thought, uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me in a block. 
<laughs> that happened to me in a bar once. <laughs> that was last week. I, I, I followed a lizard, and you know what happened. Uh, well, that's but, a, you that know, sounds funny. nasty. <laughs> All the bunker, your mind is starting well, to go in the wrong direction. You're talking about following a lizard in a bar. Now, where, <laughs> where does that take you? Hey, hey, family show. <laughs> it, it took me... Took me straight to the cigarette machine. There you Listen, go. this is a this this subject is a great subject. It shows you the resiliency of this story and the timelessness of it because not only originally was the captain's courageous on a boat, but on the sea, but then it became cowboy uh, with a with a group of cow cow hands. Mm-hmm. But it was also remade twice. Yeah. Uh, on Western TV shows, yeah. Okay. So they they did it once. Uh, they did it once on uh, on uh, Rawhide, right? And they also did it another time on Wagon Train. It was a staple. Well, one of the shows. You know, it, it's a great subject matter of teaching a kid uh, the realities of life. Now, here we go. Here's another one. I know you guys are going to jump on. Cattle Empire with Joel McRae. Any Joel McRae movie. We're on a a winning streak here. Any McRae movie is up with me. This is a great story because it's like he was a trail boss. And uh, after a drive, his town, his his crew who were all to town and some people were killed, he serves five years in prison. After he gets out, he goes back to that town. And they almost almost lynch him, but uh, they decide... You know they need to, they they need to get their cattle to market, and he's he's the best. Mm-hmm. He's the best. He's the Gil favor mm-hmm. of his day. Mm-hmm. And well, and he breaks the rule of having liquor in camp. He won't yeah. let the men go to town. Yeah, they have to, if they want to drink, they have to drink in camp. Exactly because off a barrel that he controls. And the, the conflict comes in that a cattle baron from the same area hires him. To take his herd, so he's driving two herds. Uh, the cattle baron knows about the other. The town people don't know because he's planning on revenge against them. Uh oh. But of course, you know things change, and and Joel, being Joel, does the right thing at the end. You know the Joel McRae movie I've been trying to find is Four Faces West. Oh, uh, Francis D is in it. Co-stars with favorite. him. And I uh, every YouTube uh, video I find that says. Joel McRae, Francis D. Four Faces West. Oh, I'm sorry, video is not available. Yeah. That's based on Paso Por Aquí, the uh, Rhodes novel, which is one of the great Western novels. Well, I definitely Don't. want to find it, so if Gene somebody Mello's out there. I'll keep my eyes and ears open for you, Harry. Let me throw out a few for you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the Undefeated. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, big wagon train, and again, we have, you know, all the women in the wagon train cooking uh and obviously it's not a chuck wagon cook or chuck wagon in general but the, it is of that same theme and you know if somebody didn't cook people were going to starve so you better get to work and the other one is the big trail same type of situation but more importantly i want to talk about three chuck wagon cooks that i love dearly number one is the fabulous character of the camp cookie in Western Union with Joel, oh. uh, with with, uh, with Randolph Scott yeah. and Robert Young oh. and Gene Jager. Uh, uh, he's an older guy, tall and thin, with a big white beard. And, that, uh, 
it's, and he he's completely and utterly terrified of Indians. You even mention Indian, and he, he, crawls. he he tries to grab his bags and <laughs> his, his kitchen utensils and get on the first train out of there. Yeah. And he's constantly trying to sneak out every time somebody says Indian. And he's just a great character. The other one is in Cowboy with Jack Lemon and and uh, uh, yeah. um, Glenn Ford. That was a, a good great movie. That's there. a sleeper movie. I, I think it was very excellent, excellent western. Excellent. But oh. my favorite one of all time is 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 uh, is the great campfire, the great uh, cook in Monty Walsh, and it's played by Ray Guth. Yeah, uh, who Ray Guth. is uh, not Guth. Ray Guth. It was no, it wasn't Ray so Guth. Bad. It was. Uh, oh, Guth was one of the cowboys. It was. Oh God, it worked with him so. And much. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, it does, but it doesn't. Yeah. You know. He he stank so badly. You couldn't eat his food because you'd get sick. <laughs> so they decide to give him a bath. Right. And he then. Uh, put something in the next meal that gives everybody a very upset stomach. Croton oil. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stinky Flanagan was the character's name. Mm. I want to go back to Undefeated a minute because there's a, one of the neat things is, you know, there was, it was the, the wagons that you mentioned, that was Rock Hudson mm. and the Confederates. And then John Wayne had his crew, which was taking a, uh, a herd of horses down to, to uh, for Maximilian. And our good, good, good friend. Oh, what the? Heck? I can't think of his name. The old, the old Doug Taylor is the cook. Okay. And but he has a helper besides the the uh, hoodlum. He has a cat named Hybrid. It almost steals the movie. And <laughs> yes. In fact, the, the cat does a stunt at the end when the when the chuck wagon is turned over, and Doug Taylor is dying, and he says to Ben Ben Johnson. You know, you take care of you take care of hybrid, and, Chuck, and and he says, "I'll do it, I'll do it." And as he turns and looks away, there's hybrid. He's dead too. Aww. Oh, it was sad, but yeah, that and that was and it, 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 there's a, some funny, funny stuff around the chuck wagon with Dub Taylor. Here's another one for you, and uh, not necessarily known a whole lot. Cowboy G-Man, the television series. Oh. The episode uh, is The Secret Mission. Cowboy G-Man starred uh, Russell Hayden and Jackie Coogan. Jackie Coogan being Uncle Festus from the Addams Family. Mm -hmm. and he Russell did a Hayden, bunch of westerns. He did. And Russell Hayden being uh, Lucky Jenkins, a Lucky Jenkins uh, uh, cast member during the Hoppy films. And uh, yet, this is a television series that is, I think, way overlooked. It was pretty doggone good. Um, uh, uh, Hayden and Coogan travel to uh, go find uh, some cooking things that are going on. It's a, Chinese, a kooky Chinese cook, oh, and that makes I'll it sing. all uh huh, and that makes it all all the better. Uh, good stuff. I'm not going to give any spoilers. I've seen them, seen the episode. But uh, well, you know, speaking stuff. of that, that reminded me. You know, uh, they did an episode of Bonanza with Ben Johnson, where they they were out gathering horses, and they had a chuck wagon in there, and that was one of uh, Dick Farnsworth's first really uh, acting roles after he decided to step away from stunts. And he and Farnsworth, I would put him up there. Even though it's just a small little bit, I would put him up there as one of the great movie uh, cooks because he would—he looked it, 
He was he was, he was the cookie. He really was. All right, we're going to do our final commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's Movie Saturday at the White Stallion Ranch, and we are talking uh, chuck wagons. We'll be back with much more. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. Imus Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're darn I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. 
Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. We'll have some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. This is the Voices of the West. Uh, no, biscuits. Oh, what a That's why we've had biscuits all week. Now listen, you guys. Why, I've cooked biscuits all my life. Oh, just biscuits blue. I've cooked for the devil and the devil's wife. Oh, just biscuits blue. Now I've cooked for old Paul Bunyan's crew. On a ranch or a flour, I just used blue, but they're all dead now, so I'll cook them for you. Oh, just biscuits blue. Now I can make biscuits of every kind. Oh, we're back on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts. That would be... Uh, I could listen to that all day long. That's Pat Brady and the uh, Sons of the Pioneers there. I could listen to that That comes from the movie King of the Cowboys, 1943. Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers, that's right. So it was Skimpy Egan's was the name of the character of the cook in Monty Walsh. Ah. And his the character was played by Ted Gehring. Ted Gehring. I knew that. I could not think. I worked with him a hundred times. <laughs> good he actor. was awful good. He really was. Yeah. He really he was just you could, you could, you could smell me just, him on the screen. <laughs> perfect. Let me just say right now that the hardest thing to make is a good biscuit. A good yeah. buttermilk biscuit. Yeah. It takes patience and a lot of love. And a Dutch oven. And more, a Dutch most oven. Most importantly, yes. Yeah. Well, here's one for you, and I think you guys will jump on this one, too. The Culpepper Cattle Company. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. There are a lot of guys in that film are in Monty Walsh. Yes, there are. Uh, Billy, uh, of course, Billy Greenbush is in it, mm-hmm. but you've got Matt Clark, and you've got uh, Jeffrey Lewis, and Bo you've Hopkins. got Bo Hopkins. John McGowan. You got Tom Tom Heaton. Great guy. Uh, you know, it's a very good film. Very well made. You know, there's a there's a line in there, I, and I I think it's Greenbush talking to Gary Grimes, but it's, he, he said he says, "Son, you don't give a name to something you may have to eat." <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're gonna have some Bob here. <laughs> now, now there's one for this. This is going into the obscure file. The Gabby Hayes Show, Season 1, Episode 10, Chuck Wagon, okay. sponsored by Quaker Oats. <laughs> and, let's see. Oh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, Open Range. We need to talk about that one. Because, you know, that that's about the free rangers against yeah. fence, cattle fencing. But, you know, it, a good portion of the film takes place around there Chuck Wagon. And what sets off the action is when the rancher sends his men out there and they wreck the camp and kill kill the, kill one guy and really shoot up the kid. And damage the chuck wagon. You yeah. just don't, Mose. don't Mose. want Mose. to do that. Yeah. It's a good movie. Big, big Mose, yeah. Very well-made film. And they kill the dog. 
and that's the end of it right there. That, you know, hey, you, you oh, kill sure. somebody's dog. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing that happens to you. Uh, whatever happens to you is too good for you. Hey, you can have my friends. You can have my wife. Don't kill my dog. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! This is one of my favorite Chuck Wagon movies. It's a, it's a, a Bill Elliott picture called The Showdown. Are you guys familiar with it? Uh, no. I, I, I don't know that I've it's, seen it. What, well, what the story is, is that Elliott is on the trail of his brother's killer. And he finds out that the killer is, is on his crew for cattle drive. And he, he gets hired on as the Is that 19, 1940? Mm, 1950. There's, there's about five showdown movies yeah, there out is. there. But anyhow, uh, he hires on and to find out who it is. Uh, Marie, uh, what was her name? Marie Windsor is a saloon keeper in there that buys into the herd. So she's <laughs> along for the for the female interest. Yeah, Walter but, Brennan's in that too. Yeah, Walter Brennan is is like he's he's the good old boy. He, he's, he's helping Elliot. He's just a real good guy. Harry well, Morgan, the the Harry piece, Morgan, yeah. Jim, Davis. Jim Davis, Life Erickson. But at the end of it, when we get to the climax, uh, there's a, a stampede, and he still hasn't found out who, who killed his brother. Well, Brendan gets gored by one of the steers. Ooh. And as he's dying, he confesses he was the guy that killed his brother. But it is it is just so well made. It's it was it was Elliot's last picture at, at Republic, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, and his it, Elliot was really very forceful in the pro. One of his best best jobs. And the funny thing is, it's shot mostly on sound stages with back production and process work. But it was so well done that you're not really that aware of it. And it, I just highly, highly, highly recommend this. I'll look this for is it. one if you haven't seen it, catch up on. Yeah, I'll look for that one because I'm up uh, well past 600 in the uh, Western viewings. <laughs> and here's one of, we'll go out of the country for this one. The Overlanders. We talked about this back when we did Australian Westerns. And this was about when the Japanese were uh, ready to invade Australia. Uh, northern Northern Australia, the government told the ranchers up there, which was the main ranching area, to destroy all the cattle. The cattle, they said no, and they drove these cattle thousands of miles to the south through that you know that Australian desert. And the chuck wagon again was you know where a lot of the action dialogue stuff took place. Where there's cattle, there's a there's a chuck wagon. Yes, sir. Where there's cattle, there's dust. <laughs> that too. Yeah. All right, that, that we did pretty good here, fellas. Uh, yeah, I got through most of my list. Good, good movie Saturday. Uh, for next time we get together, it'll be April Fool's Day, but we're not going to get together for April Fools. And this is not an April Fool joke. This is not an April Fool joke. My son is invited me to take. He's uh, going to take me and his son to a baseball game. And I've been to baseball games with uh, my son. I've been to baseball games with my other grandson. Haven't been to one with this grandson. Three generations. So it's a must. It's extremely important to do. And so that's well, as I was saying that's before what's we went on the air. This is what the show is about: heritage and tradition. And if we don't practice it, we have no business doing the show. There you go. 
That's it for this edition of Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Todd Roberts, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, uh, 78, 79, 80 owes those chuck wagons. Thanks for listening to Abel Franzi's Voices of the West.